Hi. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Welcome. Welcome. To Do You Queer What I Queer? I missed that whole thing. This is Dickwick. And that's Elliot. And that's Tom. And we are the podcast. <laughs> Listen, we, that just happens. Listen, this is season one. Give us a break. <laughs> Give us a break. It's only season one. Saison un. Um, clearly, that's a strong hint at the fact that there's going to be a that, season two. That this is our season finale. So you've all probably read this in the bio and like everyone knows this is happening, but this is the last time you'll get us for... <gasps> A while. A while. Uh, uh, like a mini while. Bye. Bye. Listen, <laughs> sorry. We have better things to do. <laughs> we need to take a break. We're taking a hiatus. Um, a hiatus. A hernia. No. A hernia anus. Listen, we're just like vibing on words at this point. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, we are breaking to bring you guys new content new some fresh surprises fresh we're gonna be working our butts off butts. and we're gonna be fucking shining up this baby and spitting out a different baby we're gonna changeling the podcast changeling right? yep metal ba- babies nice one thanks nice one <laughs> <laughs> season two will be like if the tin man had a baby with angelina jolie in changeling yeah, okay. Okay. I'm I'm here for that. Good. I I'm I can't meet you on the the wavelength right now, so I apologize. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. I guess cuz I'm I'm blue today. Okay, yeah. I'm blue for finale day. Oh. That's be- okay. Because of the finale? No. Are you blue because I'm in your life? I'm blue. Tom, why are you blue? Um, I don't know. I just am. I had one of those days where I'm anxious about the world and I should be going to therapy, and I'm not. Okay, well, if anyone knows a good therapist... DM me. Are we doing this? I don't know. (laughs) I did it. Sorry about it. Hey, if you're a therapist and you're listening, they definitely don't want to therapize me because they're for sure upset at the monster dumpster fire that I am. They'll need two therapists after every one therapy session with you. That's right. (laughs) Which I'm pretty sure therapists just have therapists. I think you have to. Yeah, my therapist therapist will need a therapist. My therapist therapist is Hannibal Lecter. So... (laughs) That explains a lot. It does explain a lot. My love for fava beans. Oh, Clarice. So do you want to do more color from you or is that blue enough? I'm fucking blue. Ocean I'm blue. sad and lonely. I feel lonely today I'm and really... anxious. And um, that's my jumping off point. And I promise that hijinks will still ensue. I'm sorry, Tom. Don't feel like you need to force hijinks because I hope our listeners know at this point that we bring it raw, we bring it uncut, and we bring our everything to this podcast. And like what you're getting is us fully, you know? Fully loaded. Fully loaded. Loaded pierogies. Herbie, she's ready to go. But that being said, don't um, put on hijinks. Uh, well, I'm not. Yes. Thank you. I'm not going to put on hijinks, but they will ensue. For sure. I'm a, in, assuming. Assuming? I'm assuming and ensue. Perhaps maybe you are more hijinks full when you're blue. We'll see. I'm certainly unstable, so it's possible. <laughs> Unstable like this episode. What is going on? What's your color, baby? My color's orange. And so I'm hoping that I can. Oh, like, we're complementary colors. That's perfect. I know. I was hoping that I could shine some light into your blue. I feel just. Yeah, like there's not even much to comment on. I'm just there, but there's like a light inside. It's good. It's a good feeling. Great. So I hope I can share some of that with you and maybe your listeners. 
I'm open. Coming from a good place today. Thank you. Of course. That's very nice. I've been reading this book for class, and it's Clarice Lispector's book, Agua Viva, which translates into literally, I think it's living water. Um, and I would suggest that everyone at least Googles it, but at best, you should definitely buy this book because it's this Brazilian woman's like treaty on life. And it's probably the reason I'm feeling orange right now. It's oh. the most beautiful thing. And I've been reading it out loud, and it's like a mantra on living and um being as like human as we can be while being animalistic at the same time and like taking all of our surroundings into stock it's fucking amazing okay yeah that was a tangent Maybe i can that's borrow my, that after you it's my color i'm gonna lend it to you actually aqua viva agua viva oh, agua. <clears throat> i need to, uh do you world. have do you have any corrections corners i actually don't have no a we don't corner. i don't think we have any i do need to share a really sad news article oh, unfortunately okay coming out of the uk i uh, was brought to my attention by the trans activist travis Elabonza, who i'm i've definitely talked about in this podcast before but so a trans woman was found with knife wounds on saturday morning her name was naomi she was 36 years old um Fuck. yeah she was found at heathrow palace in hounslow which is close to heathrow airport and Jesse McDonald, 24, has been charged with murder. A 17-year-old girl uh, who actually can't be named for legal reasons was released on bail uh, after being charged with assisting the offender. So oh. the reason I'm bringing it up is because it wasn't really anywhere. Like, I only saw it from this one individual. No, I, I haven't heard about it. And yeah, the what Travis Alabonzo was saying is just like the perpetual violence around trans death. Right, and, and then the silence. The silence that. That's actually what I meant to say. The silence and the violence yeah. around trans death um, needs to be shattered. And hey, if we have a thing where we talk, we need to talk about those things. Thank you. I Fuck. Maybe should have content warned that, but I think everyone knows that our whole podcast is one big content warning. Yeah. If you're tuning in. We have a whole episode about it. So. Yeah, that's fair. So I, instead of doing an anecdote, I took it darker. Okay. <clears throat> Very much the flavor... But not of the whole podcast. So thank you do for you, your non-silence. I mean, do you have an anecdote? Um, I guess not really. Oh, I went to see Love Simon. Ooh, how was that it? new like teen rom-com about the gay dude? Mm-hmm. And it was so good. That makes me so happy. It was happy. lovely. It really like warmed. It really made me orange. Um, it's a really feel-good movie that we can relate to or we can not relate to but it just feels nice it's getting a lot of um it's a little bit controversial because he's a good-looking white dude Mm -hmm. um, who has a perfect family and a perfect friend group and perfect teachers and everyone in his life is supportive and he gets no sort of he's not really up against much i mean there is a little bit in the movie there's a little bit of bullying but it's not it's certainly not the forefront. I've yeah, I've heard people say just like uh, it's so good to see these stories, and I haven't personally seen it, so this isn't my opinion. But just it would be a little bit nice for like for us to see our own experiences reflected back. Yeah. Um, as adults who like there was definitely homophobia coming out, but that also doesn't mean there has to be, and also maybe like we can create a better world by imagining it as such. I I think so. I and think maybe that's, that's what nice, they were going for. Nicely put. Um. And who knows? It might be the reality now for a lot of kids, which is a lovely thing. White, like, 
upper middle class, like nice, nice cute boys just won't come out. Just come on out there. Oops. Just, I'm just kidding. I'm just being a dick right now. <laughs> just walk out there and say hi. But it's really. <laughs> God damn it! Sorry, if you want I... to, if you want to go watch and enjoy this movie, fucking damn. If, if you want to enjoy anything, don't be my friend. Basically. <laughs> yeah, but it's really it's sweet, and there's a nice. It's, the ending was surprising, and the writing was was pretty good. I'm definitely gonna see it, and I will probably really like it. So, Not... I just take this giant black cloak that I have off, maybe. <laughs> Step out of the shadows. Please keep that cloak on. Chancellor Palpatineing my way into this right. corner. That, stop it. That is <laughs> little, ridiculous little reference. Little Star Wars reference for you. Are you going to milk an alien now? Yeah, whoa. I watched the new Star Wars last night, and the f- there's a scene where they make Mark Hamill squeeze an alien titty into like a Nalgene bottle and drink some fucking milk while Ray just stands there and like with a horrified expression. You are masturbating. But a irrelevant, but B, I feel like the director just really doesn't like Mark Hamill because why would you ever make somebody do that? Right. They just wanted some alien cities in that movie. You know? I mean, it wasn't a real alien. Better or worse? <laughs> <laughs> I want authenticity in my alien milk drinking. Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This episode's gonna be a little bit longer because we have more to do before we go we have a guest coming up we later guest, on yeah um we have a we have a, some stuff to to say beforehand we want to bring some like brevity to the situation did i use that word in the right way yeah good brevity is the soul of wit if you will Ooh. Mm-hmm. that's hard to think about it's mm-hmm. brevity is like light and like fun right brevity yeah no it's short oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm literally like a an teacher. abbreviation oh well, I've been using that word wrong my whole life. <laughs> Listen, join me on Look, my journey while I learn something new every day. We, we, we promised we'd do that. Yeah. And we promised we learned. And yeah. So we promised we learned. <laughs> we promised we learned. I mean, I learned. I learned It's too. been a long 25 episodes of, of lots of learning. And um, like, I feel I've, I've been opening closet doors to my own ignorance. Me too. And at times that's really hard because I'm inviting the world to hear it. And I'm normally like a pretty ashamed person, but it feels good. Fuck it. People don't know things. That's totally okay. Yeah. You just learn. We keep learning. It's so funny. And you said to me when we were walking down the street the other day that like, it's really hard when, when the curtain is po- or what, sorry, when, I'm like, mixing my metaphors here. <laughs> when you like, what, can you say what you said? To yes. Me? <laughs> <laughs> just like when you, <laughs> Tom's in a space right now. He's blue like the ocean. Yeah. When you, I just saying when you pull one thing thread the whole sweater kind of unravels the sweater being our ability to enjoy things from a trivial perspective right because now i can't see anything without like attacking it critically yes which like uh bad like you we should still be able to retain the joy in things but it's just hard because a lot of things also suck yeah (laughs) so my goal moving forward is to to find like find the criticism analyze the criticism Mm -hmm. but but not have it so keep a kernel affect me so so personally totally keep a kernel of joy it wrecks me and that's not healthy yep and then you also can't um change things when you're so tired from being wrecked all the time and you can't make anything better yeah so you gotta stay fresh Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. speaking of fresh fresh yeah fresh like new faces and like oh the 
March for Our Lives happened on Saturday. Fresh new faces marching for our lives. And it was so beautiful. Did you see any footage from it? Yeah, all day. I cried. I even cried at Miley Cyrus singing The Climb. Like, I was just so moved by all of the fucking... <gasps> I want to see that. It's pretty amazing. It was every, every single thing I saw from it was just support and action. And I'm very proud I know. of our children. Things are going to happen. Yeah, they really are. They're going to change it. Get out of their way. Did you fucking hear, though? Oh, my God. <clears throat> so I'm touch a downer. Did you hear, though, that has... Fuck. That 45 has been perpetuating rumors that the NRA, people in the NRA have started, that um, the Marjorie Stoneman High School kids are actors um, being paid by anti-NRA lobbyists, and they're spreading the shit on Twitter so that stupid dumbasses actually think this is real. That's... um some of the horsiest shit i've ever yeah, heard seriously that's fucking phenomenally stupid nay nay bitch i just hate it so much that someone stupid like 45 or the nra can just claim something as truth yeah and just have it and then that's what people just fucking think wait did we just start getting happy about something then get really mad <laughs> welcome to do you queer what i queer <laughs> do you queer what i angry <laughs> it was a week <laughs> yeah i'm here for it Listen, I'm blue today. Give me a break. Give me Look. a break, finale day. Um, uh, finale day. Let him live. Um, uh, speaking of 45. Yeah. Uh, I got something to say about our good old friend Mike Pence. Ooh, what do you got to say? Oh, first of all, can I name my microphone Mike Pence? Why? Because this Mike. microphone is fucking gay as shit. Mike, Mike Pence. Pence. Yes, I think that you should. Okay. Definitely. All right. It might take me a sec to get the joke. <laughs> a little bit of explaining never hurt a joke. That's what I like to say. Ugh, Jesse's calling you. Jesse. Jesse. He's downstairs. We forgot a microphone. I'm an actual idiot. This is, listen, listeners. Look, look, look. Look, lookiners. Look, lookiners. I think we say that too much, and I just want to say MFM, like, I love you forever, and sorry for stealing your, your bit. Bit thieves. My favorite Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> so um one good thing about mike pence so i'm ripping all of this off of john oliver because he's a fucking god he's i don't know treasure. if you know anything about him but one good thing about mike pence is that he has a bunny called marlon bundo <laughs> 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 and it's a cute adorable bunny even though like mike pence <laughs> i'm sorry are you all right? No. All day, Tom's been like... So you don't know what Marlon Bundo is? Good. And in my head, I was like, what is this thing? Like, this crazy thing he's going to say. Who? Yeah. Sorry, totally. continue. Marlon Bundo. Yeah. An adorable black and white rabbit. Oh, my God. Uh, first of all, like, Mike Pence is a really scary man. Yeah. I think we all know that. But, yes. like, let's just highlight. He's... In the 90s, he was against women in the military. His mentor is the founder of Focus on the Family, which we've talked about on this podcast mm -hmm. before and it's basically like anti-lgbt harshly yeah. anti-lgbt <laughs> pro um fucking conversion therapy yeah they're not allowed to call it conversion therapy anymore so they would definitely claim to not be pro conversion therapy which is make so you not insidious. gay talking stuff like yeah exactly <laughs> penis no um, <laughs> i'm going to my penis no group I'm going to go to my no penis group, which is like a sex positive, like <laughs> sexual health group. Don't get them mixed up. Phew. Oh, I feel like a hot dog now. Um, <laughs> An orange hot dog. So anyway, he's 
frightfully terrifying. And Omarosa said when she was on Celebrity Big Brother that um, Mike Pence is way scarier. Mm. Is an idiot, mm-hmm. but Mike Pence is fucking evil, insidious and smart. And yeah, like yeah, and like he claims that Jesus talks to him or God. To- he claims that a higher being talks to him and oh, tells him. Okay. So, yeah. So, and has been. Oh, fuck! I keep saying. 45. Um, Let's has, just beep it. Let's has, just beep yeah, yeah, every idea. time so now anyone who's listening knows what happened. Good idea. Has been known to make fun of Pence for this, which I think is hilarious. That is really funny. Anyway, um, Michael Pence's wife and daughter penned a, a children's book. Give it for a second. I thought you meant that his wife and his daughter were one and the same. <laughs> no, no. Sorry. Sorry, continue. <laughs> oh, hashtag Oxford comment. Um, <laughs> Michael Fence's wife and his daughter yeah. um, uh, wrote a book about Marlon Bundo. And they were going to release it on Amazon. It was about the day of the life of Marlon Bundo, like hopping around the White House, blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. Boring, boring, boring. Oh, I um, would but, read that. But adorable. Yeah. Right? So John Oliver catches wind of this. Oh my god. And decides to release his own Marlon Bundo book. Oh my god. Hours before the pences went up on Amazon. And this Marlon Bundo book, <laughs> Marlon Bundo, is a gay rabbit <laughs> who falls in love and marries another gay rabbit. Oh my god. And it's about how Marlon Bundo falls in love and gets married to a different to another rabbit. I I'm so happy right now. I thought- um so it rocketed to the top of the Amazon charts. It was number 1. It beat out Comey's biography. Oh my god. And they've completely sold out of it now. <gasps> so they like had to reorder a whole bunch. John Oliver had no idea that this would sell as good. Oh my god. As it did. So you can't buy the book anymore because it's sold out. I mean, obviously you'll be able to soon on Amazon, but I'm in um, such awe. And on Audible, you can buy um, the audio copy, which is voiced by Jim Parsons, oh my God. Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Ellie Kemper, RuPaul, John Lithgow, and they all play the different characters in this book. How did they pull this shit together so fast? I know. <clears throat> also, side note, Audible, if you would like to um, sponsor us or pick us up. Hi, Audible. Hi, Audible. How are you? This is some easy listening podcast with Tom and Elliot. Continue. Uh, you yeah, know, that's it. I'm just obsessed with it. It's so funny. Every time you said Marlon Bundo, I was resisting. I can't even like say it. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Marlon Bundo. Marlon Bundo. Yeah. I want to see it. Is it cute? It's it's adorable. Someone save that bunny. Yeah. yeah. You can Google like a clip of it right now, like YouTube, internet, interweb. We'll give everyone a second to do that. Yeah. Everyone look at Marlon Bundo. Anyway, he's adorable. Bundo Corner. That's been Bundo Corner. It was my pleasure to wrap that off for you. I love it. Hippity hopping. Do you want a, like a queer story? Do you want like Always. a queer like history story? Yes, please. I've kind of had this one in the works for a bit. I'm going to just kind of like roll it off. Okay. So this is the queer story of Oscar Wilde. I love it. I didn't know it was queer. Oh, what? I did a literature major and I didn't know that Oscar Wilde was queer. I love Oscar Wilde. So I was actually researched this for the island for our um, last week's episode, but... I felt it didn't really fit, so I'm going to subject you to this, Tom. Oscar Wilde, born mm-hmm. Oscar Fingal O'Flaherty Willis Wilde on October 16th, 1854. To what? Dub- yes. That was his name? 
Oscar Fingal O'Flaherty Willis Wilde. Which like <laughs> But you couldn't get through Marlon Bundo for the first seven times. <laughs> it's just so cute. It's just too cute. I just picture him like ripping his shirt off and like screaming, you know? Wait, that was Marlon Brando, right? Stella. Streetcar named Desire. <clears throat> Corrections corner. Anyway, yeah, I think board. It was, but I'm not sure. I hope so. God, Marlon Brando's hot. Yeah. Like, it gives me goosebumps. He's so hot. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Wilde, born 1854 in Dublin to Irish Anglo intellectual parents. So I'm hoping people know who he is, but it sounds good. Totally okay if you don't know who he is. Um, yeah, so he was an author, playwright, and poet, uh, perhaps best known for his novel, The Picture of Dorian Gray, which I'm sure most people know. Um, published in 1890, or his play, The Importance of Being Earnest, which was 1895. I was in that play in South Korea. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So gay of you. <laughs> okay, blah, blah, blah. So jump forward to 1891. He's in London, and he meets uh, Constance Lloyd. Like, meet, cute, whatever, meet, cute, but leave. Jump back to three years later in 1884, um, and he's doing a lecture in Dublin. Yeah, and they meet... They smash and then they get married or something. Constance um, was his only constant. Also, also I think she uh, she was a daughter of like the Queen's lawyer or something. Um, they a have daughter two, of the Queen's lawyer. I think so. Yeah. Right. I. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Yes. They have two kids named Cyril and Vivian. Perfect names for his children. Guess how Vivian's spelled. I hope it's V I V I E N N E. I wish. V Y V Y A N. Oh, even better. Vi- Vivian. So, yeah, so now it gets gay. Enter Robert Ross. He's a 17 year old who apparently had read Wilde's poetry and was like actively lusting after him and was decided to seduce him. Hot. So, very call me by your name. Um, so, Wilde at the time was reportedly grossed out by his wife during her second pregnancy when their marriage started to crumble. Ooh, Hashtag that's pretty gay. like yikes. <laughs> like fucking for real. And so at the time too, he also had a relationship with the poet John Gray, who was young and beautiful and believed to actually inspired, have inspired the picture of Dorian Gray. Hmm. Which is interesting. Jump forward to 1891. So he's been like flirty and gay, but now he becomes introduced to Lord Alfred Douglas, who I'll call Bosey for the rest of this, because that was his nickname. Sounds hot. Yeah, it does sound hot. Uh, so Bosey was an undergrad at Oxford. By 1893, it's a full-blown affair, and Wilde reportedly did not hide it well. Like, he was just totally flamboyant in public. Uh, Then he meets Alfred Taylor, who was a young man who'd been arrested for dressing in drag and was kind of like a bohemian queer, like, I guess, like, punk for the time, you could say. Great. Alfred Taylor's responsible for introducing Wilde to the underground world of young working-class male sex workers. Okay. So it was just, like, totally, like, fucking Constance is at home giving birth to Vi Vian or whatever, and he's, like, just oh, romping. Oh, no. poor yeah. Constance and Vi Van. <laughs> I know, Vi Van. <laughs> Someone take her away. Uh, this sounds rough. So, Bosey, yeah, also gets bad. Bosey's dad, Bosey's father, as the Marquess of Queensbury, which is, like, a British nobleman of some sort, uh, he was known for the his... The No, it's different. It's Marquess. I googled how to pronounce it, specifically. It's an it's a the same thing as a marquee, I think. Right. <clears throat> In the country of Scotland. Different spelling. I hate you. <laughs> the city of Scotland. <laughs> it's actually an independent state um run by Sweden by proxy. So you've heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback to episode one. Uh, how cute. I like full circle things. Me too. 
I know you do. You Full circle jerks. Fister. Oh, that too. Blue moon fisting. That's not a thing. So, okay. Bosie's dad. Sounds like a great guy. He was known for his outspoken atheism, brutish manner, and the creation of the modern rules of boxing. Oh my God. So me? <laughs> well, I guess how we thought about his gay son, right? <laughs> so he gets suspicious and angry. Um, obviously, at his son spending so much time with Wilde. And he's such a sass master, he plans to go to the opening night of the importance of being earnest and throw a bouquet of rotten veggies on stage. Because, like, it's fucking ridiculous. The dad? Yeah, his son clearly <laughs> learned his flamboyance from somewhere. You I know? love like, how... Like only a petty gay would come up with that. I'm going to start the rumor that Bozy's father was for sure gay. It started. Boxing's gay, you heard it here first again. It's <laughs> no one heard that here first. Everyone knows boxing is gay. Oh, that's fair, actually. Boxing's hot. Uh, so, anyway, so that plan gets... Um, poo-pooed because Oscar Wilde figures it out but then in 1895 uh, Bosie's dad sends a card to Oscar Wilde's like gentleman's club that reads quote for Oscar Wilde posing sodomite quote <gasps> so we also is it end quote or unquote it's quote unquote right I thought it was end quote uh, okay well corrections corner again well I don't know I genuinely don't know either let's ask Scotland Scotland Sweden. Scotland. <laughs> Get over here. Yeah, so Wilde gets egged on, obviously, um, by this card. He retaliates by charging the Marquess with libel, which all of his friends are like, don't do because you are gay. Like, if this goes to a court of law, they'll just fucking hand you your ass, which is exactly what happens. So it's nobody's surprise, except maybe Oscar Wilde's, which is stupid. The trial backfired and all of his personal sex life with Bosey and Taylor appeared in the press. And, like, I'm laughing, but this is disgusting. Like, that's so sickening that that was even illegal. Yeah. Very upsetting. Uh, so sex workers and other men in his life actually had to come up to testify against Oscar Wilde, uh, leading to not only the libel charges being dropped against Bosie's dad, but to a subsequent trial where Wilde himself was tried for gross indecency. Like, full circle, bad circle type stuff. Whoa. Yeah. So in 1895, he's imprisoned, um, along with Alfred Taylor, who was the guy who introduced him to, like, the underground world of sex workers. Both are imprisoned um, to two years of imprisonment and hard labor, which I tried to figure out what hard labor was, but a bunch of them just directed me to, like, him being on the treadmill for a long time. I don't know mm. if that's actually what it was. Hard labor sounds like your sex life. <clears throat> it's not laborious if everyone's having fun. So, yeah, so he gets out in 1897, which is, like, the beginning of his decline as Wikipedia called it, until uh, oh. his death in 1990. So he lived with his lover, Robert Ross, in France, who was actually a famous Canadian journalist, art critic, and art dealer. No. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and then later in 1897, he got back together with Bosey, which is, like, crazy. Hot. Um, and they lived together in Naples until both their families threatened to cut them off, which is, like... Naples, Italy, or Naples, Florida? Naples, Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, spread the rumor it was Florida. <laughs> they were the first snowbirds. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he moves to Naples, Florida, and then their family's threatened to cut them off because they're living in Florida. Um, yeah, so he then goes to Paris where he lives. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm aghast. I'm just throwing beer can. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, he really declines, goes to Paris, lives the rest of his life uh, as an alcoholic in poverty. Oh. Yeah, and then Reggie Turner, a journalist, Reggie Turner, a journalist in Wild Circle, uh, said that Oscar Wilde once woke from a nightmare to say that he dreamed he died and had dinner with the dead. And Turner replied, well, I'm sure you must have been the life of the party, which I thought was cute. Uh, Oscar Wilde died of meningitis with Turner at his bedside, and Robert Ross came shortly after to send for a priest. Wow. So just final note, which I said, like, maybe for me the most interesting part. So in 2017, the Alan Turing law was passed, 
Do you know about that? Nope. Cool, good. So the Alan Turing law was um, something that retroactively uh, expunged the records of 50,000 gay men who in the UK were um, prosecuted for being <gasps> gay legally. Like, so um, Alan Turing was the famous code breaker who like basically helped end World War II and save millions of lives. Right. But they chemically castrated him because he was gay. One of the most brilliant people Um Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, that was Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Yeah, I really suggest everyone watches The Imitation Game. It's phenomenal. I haven't seen it. Uh, but so Oscar Wilde was like posthumously pardoned, obviously, in 2017 uh, for his homosexual acts and are now not criminal offenses anymore. Oh, too bad you're dead. Too bad you're fucking dead. How's that going to help? Ugh. Yeah, that's the gay that was, history. That was wild. Of Oscar- <sighs> uh, I hate you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> that's the end. Ah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Listen. Look. Miramax, mm-hmm. Universal Studios, mm-hmm. Lionsgate, 20th Century Fox, whoever you are listening. There's so many white men in there. There's a film here, right? Exactly. There's yep. so many white men. Yep. It's a great story. Yep. Everyone loves Oscar Wilde. I, love I will ro- play any part. I will play any of those roles. If I'm not the bouquet of rotten vegetables, I'm revoking this entire offer to those studios. <laughs> me too. Because I hold the rights you. now to Oscar Wilde's life, so <laughs> <laughs> you need to ask me for permission. <laughs> uh, let's go to Naples, Florida. <laughs> I'll meet you in Naples, Italy. Like, <laughs> bye, bitch. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Naples, Florida, I bet you're really nice. Oh, I'm Naples. Sure. Um, speaking of Florida, shout out to the States. Shout out to the states. This is a shout out to my states. Yeah, hi all you. Uh, There's we, so many of you, yeah. especially California. Hi, and growing, and we just fucking appreciate all the support and yeah. like you. You care about us like faggoty Canadians. I love you? it, and there's so much solidarity in that because. Yeah. Um, you're not mad about us shit talking your president all the time. Listen, you got to tell us. There was a day last week where like 60 downloads were from from LA yeah what, what happened there what went on what just write in and tell us we'd like to know I want to know LA LA hi hi this is a shout out to LA oh no. god <clears throat> okay listen look ah no we say that too much we're fine um I'm gonna bring it back locally now okay got got me yep gotcha cool because this is our saison finale our raison d'etre <laughs> uh yeah accord- kinda it is kinda. kind of a raison d'etre um this is going to be our last episode for two months or so, and this will be the last episode before the Ontario election. Mm. So I know I've went on a tirade against Doug Ford before, so I'm just going to go on a really succinct tirade now. So here's just a few like um, snippets of reasons why. So this is a quote that he said, uh, My heart goes out to kids with autism, but no one told me they'd be leaving the house. This is in response to a shelter for autistic children being built near his home. Doug said that it ruined the community. Need I, I go on? I, I Need I fucking <clears throat> go on? I will. Someone lock to. him into his house. Um, we all knew this, but Doug is against access to abortion. So he will allow members of his caucus to table legislation restricting access to abortion, even intervening on patient-doctor conf- confidentiality, which I think I said... Earlier, yeah, and he's just going to set that clock all the way back to 1900. Doug is against uh, protections for women. So every member of the pro- Progressive Conservative Caucus, the Liberals and the NDP, supported Bill 163, which makes it illegal to harass women at abortion clinics. Doug comes out against it. Hey, half the population, I don't like you. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Um, Doug, li- this is a funny one. Doug literally buys votes. They're worth $20 
Doug was filmed hanging out around a public housing complex, handing out $20 bills to constituents. Next, Doug really hates doing his job. While a city councillor, Doug missed 53% of council votes. Try keeping a job with that fucking attendance record. Um, Doug rails against elites despite being one. So he's a multimillionaire, drives a luxury SUV, and owns property in Florida, all while calling John Tory a downtown elite. Oh my god. Doug doesn't know what racism is. During an interview, a constituent said the Fords are corrupt, lying, racist, homophobes. Doug responded later by saying the man had used racial slurs against him, further explaining on live radio that you can be racist against people who have a drinking problem. <laughs> I'm racist against Marlon Bundo. <laughs> um, Doug is tough on crime when he's not dealing drugs. When Rob struggled with addiction, Doug dealt hash to low-level dealers under the pseudonym RY Drifters. This Listen... As I'm reading this, I want you to do your own research on this. Don't take for what I'm saying. Like, this is all from notdog.com. So, like... Bias. What's... Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's about it. I'm just looking through these. I will say, though, like, the majority of those, minus, like, the quirky anecdotes, I have heard from multiple other sources. That's not just you. Doug supporters accosted a protest over the rainbow flag and an event organized by the Ford family. Doug's response? Do you want to guess what it is, Elliot? Um... Uh, why are you against happy colors? You can't show up to a Yankees game with a Red Sox hat on. Yeah, uh, because LGBTQ rights are uh, the same as a football team. <sighs> Let everyone enjoy their sports. That's baseball, but I love that. I, but, sorry. Um, no, it's fucking queer. <laughs> Gayer by the football. second. Um, educate yourself, please. It's all of our duty. We are going to educate ourselves. Yep. I don't know how I'm voting. I know it won't be for Doug Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I want to plug a friend of mine's podcast called Undecided, uh, oh. which is actually chronicling how young voters are going to decide to vote. And it's going to help everyone through messy politics that people might not know where to start. That's amazing. That's um, a pretty damn good transition you got there, Elliot. Thanks. I, ju- I actually just thought of it. And like friend is maybe a loose term. It's a friend of a friend. But yeah. if you're listening, I really like you, Tara. And I'm excited to listen to your podcast. Cool. Yeah. And I'm proud. So yeah, let's educate ourselves. Let's please, please get out there and, and vote. And um, an, a conversation I had with my friend Matt the other night, who has um, um, some family members who are pro uh, Doug Ford. It's now time for us to to talk to those people too. We should try to do that. So. Yes, that's I think one of the most important places to start um, because yeah, echo chambers never good. Yeah, exactly. Societies. So if you knew, if you know people who you can help educate let's do it we're not saying now. accost people like just like oh, have a not? genuine <laughs> no no i know i know tom oh. is saying that have a genuine conversation um and think think first think first vote second think first vote second marlon bundy next Bundo. <laughs> <laughs> okay great um so uh we have a guest coming on really shortly yeah we have a guest coming on shortly. now now jezebel bardo for the first time, though, they're not actually already here, which I love, so I don't feel rude that we just did that. That's right. Right? So, without further ado, please welcome to the stage, Miss El Convento Rico, Jezebel Bordeaux! Hi, everybody. Hi. 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 Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate oh my God. it. 
Finale, here we are. I know. Finale wow. queen. Congratulations, queen. guys. You're the climax. Right? Well, oh, I like, season one. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's not that. much to live up to, don't worry. How dare you? I, How well, dare congratulations. You. 20, 25 episodes? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Congrats. It's a lot of work. That's why we need a hiatus. But anyway, yeah. this is not about us, is it? Congrats to you. For Congrats to you, Miss Alcumento Rico. A lot of work. My goodness. It was, uh, yes. I'm so happy. <laughs> For those of you who don't know this, El Convento Rico is like a Latin drag. Can you say that slower just one more time? El Convento Rico? El Convento Rico. Mm-hmm. It's like a Latin drag bar. It's not even a city. drag bar, to oh. be honest. Yeah, it's uh, the owner, uh, Maritza. She's from Ecuador. And Hi. she opened this uh, club. It's a salsa Latin club um, 26 years ago. So we're celebrating 26 years on April 20th. And she opened it um, just for her love of Latin music and her love of dancing. And uh, it stood the test of time, obviously. She wow. knows how to do business. Cool. And um, the thing is, is that it's it used to be perhaps more like gay friendly, I guess. But it's, it's, it's a, a bar predominantly hetero sexual mm. but what i like about that place is that anybody of any age goes like when you go there i'd say it's probably about 80 percent hetero couples and things like that and and bachelor there's some bachelorette parties or bachelor parties that go on and then another 20 percent would be like queer gay and but for 26 years the entertainment there has been drag queens and strippers That's so, so cool well male strippers not full what nudity, a lovely inclusive space i yeah. know it's amazing and it's it's you know we say inclusive and we oftentimes just limit that to sexuality mm-hmm. but it's an inclusive space also in the sense of age because on a dance floor i you can see young people in their 20s but then you also have couples that are our parents age like well i'm saying our parents age you have people in their 50s and even 60s where they're you know doing salsa all night you know because it's very traditional it's very family kind of vibe to it so it's it's really cool i I love that i love that place yeah it's a a fun vibe how do like straight guys react to your drag um it depends like to be honest they're all there with usually with their girls or Mm -hmm. they're there to, to pick up whatever but um no, they're always very compliment. Like they, they always compliment us. They always say nice things. But you know, it, it, there's it's not hostile. Like I feel very safe there. That's um, you know, and I, I joke around a lot with them. And I think it's a lot of it has to do with the energy that you put out there. Because if you were to ask this question to perhaps another drag queen, who might have hit on or perhaps said the wrong thing mm-hmm. or with the wrong approach, then she might have had more of a a answer right, but like right. I always That's go there not part and, of your stick. yeah no I'm kind of a I'm a glamour clown right so mm. I go there and I'll joke with them and for me like I, I you know when I see straight guys being so macho then I usually you know compare biceps with them or you know you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's really funny and I always kind of win the straight guys over that way with humor and yeah. I find that great no they they they're very inclusive there they, they like me there and I like them and it's uh no it's a good it's a good vibe cool. so I've met some great couples there too who are just fans now and they come to other venues to watch so it's fun so i don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much um we mentioned it but we should explain that uh, jezebel bardot has just been crowned right miss el convento rico which is the name of the mm-hmm. latin bar mm-hmm. um through a pageant yeah which i was lucky enough to witness thanks for coming again oh, by the way it was pleasure. so fun it was epic <laughs> yeah it was epic it was a long night wasn't it oh yeah 
Yeah, it was crazy. It, it really dragged long. on a little bit. It dragged. Dragged on. Surprise, was, a drag yeah. queen pageant drags <laughs> on. Surprise. <laughs> but just like any other pageant, there was a, a swimsuit competition, a evening gown competition, a yeah. talent competition. A not going to lie, portion. I feel Shanghai that Tom didn't invite me, and, and oh. we might not be friends after this. Is <laughs> I'm sorry to, I hate that this is the platform I need to use to say that I hate you. But Okay, it's mm. okay. Uh, I've, there's been hints, uh, cyanide in my drinks. Under you my noticed bed, that? Under my bed with a knife. It smelled like almonds. Listen, I'm a worldly queen. Look, my body's taken enough poison. It's fine at this point, though. So as of this week, Jezebel Bardo is Miss Alchemist. I know. And that um, means what for you, residency-wise? Wow. Yeah, a week and a day. So what happened is, um, well, actually, residency-wise, it means that, uh, well, I'm the queen of that club so i'm the the, the i guess the mother it, they call it, el convento rico is also known as the mother house right mm. and the logo of it's actually like a, a nun <laughs> and oh, so yeah yeah and um you you know what that means is that you're that icon or that emblem that gathers and we we spoke about that kind of more family aspect to it in terms of different generations coming together nice. and what's really fun is that you know there's a lot of Italians a lot of Latinos there and you know how Latins are tend to be very family oriented so you get to be that kind of mother figure who brings cool. everybody together so oh, I'm there cool. what a nice every time thought. I'm there I take photos with people I do perform but it's also mainly just I'm there to be their their emblem for for a while and every time that there's um big events like the anniversary that I mentioned I'll be there for that and um yeah, it's always nice. it's a big celebration. I competed in it two years ago, and uh, I did not win. I came second, but I was four months into drag when I first competed. So to have come second, I was excited, but I'm a competitor, so I was kind of pissed at the same time. <laughs> but <Tom> um, <laughs> I learned I learned a lot about it, and then two years later, here we go, snatched that crown. Fuck yeah, snatched it. Yeah. You're snatched so it humble. To filth, by the way, it was that was quite yeah, the show. It, you know, I think that night was such a personal. You know, you compete, and drag to me has become a competitive, like an individual sport to me. Mm. That's really what it is. I used to be a gymnast, and now that I'm I'm 30, you know, gymnastics is not a life sport. You know, your knees die at 21, and then you keep going till you're 26, and then after this, it's done, right? So drag kind of became that place where I get to compete against myself because there's so many skill sets. So just like gymnastics, where you learn a new skill, drag, I'm like, okay, I got to learn hair. I got to learn makeup. I got to learn how to put an outfit together. I got to learn a new routine and so I had a lot of personal battles going into having lost two years ago and um, I'm not known for my own makeup like I'm not a you know like I'm not I have good stage makeup but I don't have good like up close editorial magazine makeup and mm. neither does my drag mom and neither you know we're not known for that we're known for people who are, who are talented in show and uh, I was the only queen at that pageant who did her own makeup oh really I, uh, one other one was there but she had she did her own makeup but she had somebody touch her up and kind of do that and nobody touched a paintbrush on my face except for me and that wasn't because i thought i had the best makeup skills it's just because i wanted to look like myself and right. what you see is what you get because then you can compete in a pageant be done up by a pro makeup artist and then you show up the next saturday as the winner and then they're like who the heck who the fuck is this right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah. so um, i love that the competitor in me totally yeah totally agrees I, with yeah. that all. right so i i so that was a big battle because when i first started drag people were laughing about how 
bad I look like and I'm pretty manly right so it was just like oh girl but um my makeup improved I still have a lot to improve but like so that was a big personal f- battle and it's a little bit of a middle finger to the, everybody who's been like Jezebel's not pretty and I was like oh yeah oh yeah oh well oh I just want a pageant and I did my own face <laughs> oh really come again and Wonderful. so that that was that and then the other thing sorry I don't want to drag on too much no, but no. Um, oh, drag away the um the other thing was um when I competed two years ago, my weakest score, so there's presentation, swimsuit, talent, gown, and Q&A, and my weakest score was Q&A, and I won Q&A this year. Like, I, I won Talk. gown, and I won Q&A, Talk. and I won talent, so I could not Fucking amazing. believe it. So it yeah. was a big, um, yeah, I was really nervous about it, but you were there. You saw my Q&A answer, and it was, uh, yeah, it was good, but I, I had the highest score for that, so I was really surprised, and I was... Is a big, uh, big little personal battle for me. So I'm, I'm excited. I think I'm excited more about having improved on that than actually having the crown. But I feel like, yeah, <laughs> totally. you, like you're yeah. so humble about it. You're like, yeah, I'm yeah. the queen of that bar. Like if I was the queen of anything, I would be like shouting it to everybody who would <laughs> yeah. listen. You know what I mean? You're like, not a big deal, but like. Yeah. But I think it comes, you know, that's funny that you say that because when I was competing in gymnastics, I had a Russian coach. And if you know anything about the old Russian coaches, they're they're really hard on on you but for a good reason I think they help keep things in perspective mm. and what she told me is that every time that I would win something and in gymnastics when you win you're on the top podium right like there's three levels to a podium mm-hmm. and she would always say to me she said you know Jason celebrate while you're up there and you know the minute that you step off the podium don't forget you're back at the same floor level as everybody else right so Rico's is my win from Rico's is a week and a day old and to me it's like it's already settled in I'm good I'm no better than anybody I was yeah. better that night yeah I posted the pictures I said my thank yous it's a week old already I'm yeah. like okay cute um I was at Woody's last night and everybody was like oh my god congrats and I was I was like oh yeah right 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 that happened <laughs> yeah. but um it'll sink in I think every time that there's an event and I'm there with my crown and sash and that'll be fun but I other than that yeah. the Russian training wisdom I never knew I needed that's fucking awesome say what the Russian wisdom I never knew I needed yeah that's I so know really so it's brilliant. like I didn't yeah. know there were Russians in Sudbury yeah mm-hmm. you know celebrate celebrate but you know don't forget that it's a competition and you're just better the day of you never know what would happen like if we were to compete again tomorrow who knows maybe Lady G the runner up would have taken it or Annabelle you know you never know you never know mm-hmm. who knows you never know you hope not, but anyway. <laughs> I want to ask you what you think about the word queer. The word queer. Oh, my God. That is, that's a tough one. So, um, for, like, for me, the word queer. Oh, my God. I hope I don't piss anybody off. I hope um, you do. No, yeah. Right. <laughs> we, we're really here for hate mail. On the <laughs> right? Do you guys ever get any? Not yet, but we think, like, we're hoping for hate mail because we think that the time that we get hate mail... <laughs> You've is, made that it. We know we've, we've You've made, made it. Well, yeah, because right? we've we said just, so much we've shit. We've said such, uh, like, awful shit. We're, we, we're hoping to piss people off, but everyone just, just keeps say, supporting just us. Yeah, it's so just annoying. Say, this is a show that you do in drag, and then everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, she's terrible, right? Because as soon as you put on drag, people will fucking Everyone's an expert, right? Yes, exactly. Fuck. We should start recording in drag for season two. I think so. I, you, then you'll get hate mail. Yeah. That's how it works. We don't even. <laughs> um, no. Sorry. So the word queer, like um, for me, it's anything that doesn't fall under heteronormative straight relationships or sex or mm-hmm. attraction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, queer, it's it's you can be gay, you can be lesbian, you can be bi, you can be non-binary, you can be trans, you can be whatever. Right. So for me, it's that just big broad umbrella. Now, there's different, like, 
areas I find in our village, like of queerness. Like when I go to Woody's, to me, that's like a gay man's bar. Sorry, so when you I, say our village for our totally, listeners, oh, it's like Toronto's gay Toronto's village. gay village. Sorry, no, no, don't. And be. then, um, so like when we go into the village and you go to a place like Woody's, to me, that's like a gay man bar. Absolutely. And then, so for me, I don't see that as like necessarily a queer space. It's queer friendly. I'm sure it's gay friendly. Mm-hmm. Everybody there is generally really accepted and live and let live kind of vibe. A place that I would say like would be iconic queer in Toronto's gay village would be like Glad Day. Yes. Because I find that the diversity within the LGBT community is much like, you know, Woody's is definitely gay. Mm-hmm. And then you go into a place like Glad Day, well, you'll see, you'll see trans, you'll see non-binaries, you'll mm-hmm. see gays, you'll see lesbians, you'll see every, you'll see different family. And it's also like a family friendly thing. So that I've seen families who have or just not your non-traditional family with mom and dad and a kid or two mom it's not even like two two moms and a kid or two dads and a kid it's mm-hmm. like three moms one dad and a kid you know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah, so yeah. we a see village, that yeah. and so i see glad day more as like fitting of my perspective and definition of queer mm-hmm. yeah. so that's how i i would see it um i don't know i yeah. hope that i'm was, expressing that, that yeah that accurately no, yeah, but that, yeah. do you like use it um to self-define or do you use it in your own life? No, it's not a word that I actually really have in my vocabulary, to be honest. Like, I do have it, but I, I don't use the word queer to... Um, like, it used, like when I was in high school, that word was really pejorative and negative. Mm-hmm. And now I think, like, we've reclaimed it and it's something that's just... Accept- to me, queer is very synonymous with acceptance. Mm. Oh. And just... that That's how I see it in my mind. Yeah, they're they're equals. Those those are synonyms. So yeah. cool. I love it. Tom and I are on our way to reappropriating the word faggot, but yeah. it's still getting a little bit of lashback. Really, I just used it today, actually. Yeah, we like we want to reclaim it, but we yeah. have like we have for ourselves, yeah. but like it's not like a widely accepted. But, but people hear it and they're like, um, wait, wait, oh. sorry, wait, I don't like that. Yeah, like, I said <laughs> we never do that. <laughs> no, Please no, don't. I, I said it on stage a bunch. Like, where was I? I think I was at Cruise and Tango's. And then some girl came up on stage. It was her birthday, and she came up with a pre- and I said it on the mic, and it had a really good reception. I thought I was gonna get like jeers and people like mm-hmm. upset with it because there was a bunch of little gay boys and whatever that I thought that would be really sensitive to that. But this girl came up on stage. She had her purse, and she was coming to get her shot for her birthday, whatever. And I said, well, you know, what's your name, whatever. And I was like, okay, t- take your purse off the stage, like. And I was like, look where you are. That like, no faggot's gonna steal that ugly purse, right? <laughs> so I just like threw it back into the crowd to her friends. I was like, don't bring your purse on stage, bitch. And then, That's the so, best way to use, right? And so totally. I used I used that, and, but people laughed and they, they thought it was funny. Nobody was offended, yeah. you know. Um, no, I think if it's used, I find the thing with with words is. There are certain ones that are, for me, like really off limit. And I think to the general public and off limit, like 100%. But I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And and I, like Joan Rivers was known to be super controversial. Um, you know, Russell Peters is known to be. Um, Kathy Griffin, all those guys and girls and stuff. And George Carlin was awesome. But I think like, I'm not offended by words. I'm offended by the context and I'm offended by the tone in which it's used, right? Totally. So if we're a bunch of gay guys together and we're all calling each other faggot, I think that's actually more empowering than it is offensive. That's my perspective. So 
Who knows? Definitely totally. But, but then, in the same breath, if we'd be together in a party and I would throw that word around, somebody said, you know, I'm sensitive with that word. Can you please not? Then I would totally change my tune. But if yeah. we're among, you know. Totally. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. 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 It's it's like in, when you're reappropriating something, you're still respecting everyone around you. It's not like a free yeah. pass to offend people oh, and no, make people no, feel no. unsafe. Absolutely not. And yeah. 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 Cool. Nice. So... Speaking of becoming fully queer, mm-hmm. um, was there a moment in your life that sort of was a watershed moment that you knew you were Jezebel or that you knew you were gay in Sudbury or? I knew I was gay way before Sudbury. I did my undergrad in Sudbury. Well, you're um, not from... Oh, I thought you had grown up there. No. Me too. No, okay. no. So I'm originally from northern Quebec near mm. Mont- Mont-Tremblant, you know, the ski area. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, oui, oui. Yeah. And so it's, it's really pretty. Um, but my dad was in the military, so I'm a military brat who grew up in base Borden, which is outside of Barrie. Mm. Yeah. Right. And so I grew up in that area in Simcoe County. I went to high school in Penetanguishene because it's the nearest French high school that wasn't in Barrie, and the one in Barrie was so new and it sucked, so I went there. And then after, I did my undergrad in Sudbury. But I was there for, gosh, I did my undergrad there, I did a master's, and I did my education there. Nice. Yeah. So you were already to, queer before that. Yeah, no, it, it came out in high school. It so, did. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was I was queer from the minute that I was like, uh, I came came to life, you know? Yeah. I was known as a kid to always go and wear my mom's shoes. That, like, I have so many pictures of me as a little boy, as young as like five or six years old, and I'm just there with my mom's big ass sunglasses in my face and I'm walking <laughs> in her shoes to the oh, point you've never changed I love no that. I haven't changed and still to this day look I came in and I dropped a bag of shoes there because they came in today <laughs> you know so how funny is that um yeah my obsession with high heels was from very young and so I my parents knew I was gay before I did and to the point where my dad's like military buddies would be like when are you gonna nail your wife's shoes down in the closet so your kid doesn't walk around with them <laughs> right like they would always tease him about that and he was like yeah. How did your dad, um, military, there's obviously a stigma around what he must have felt, but it was yeah. it went okay? Yeah. Oh, 100. I have to knock on wood. I'm so blessed and so fortunate because, um, yeah, I came out, gosh, I had my first like gay experience in high school with my brother's friend. This could be a porno. <gasps> yep. That's right? so it classic. It could be a porno. He, his friend was <laughs> curious and I was obviously like drooling over him. And when I got in grade nine, we had like a little little fling together and then uh yeah anyway and so that was like an experience but i didn't officially come out till i was in university because i felt like i needed a little bit of a distance like i knew i was coming home for like reading week my first year and then i just kind of broke it there and i knew that if things wouldn't go well i'd have a little bit of a retreat and then i wouldn't have to deal with certain things mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean but that's fine arm me, yourself luckily for me it went well so to answer your question I was worried because my parents are from small town, northern Quebec, whatever. But I always knew, (coughs) sorry, I always knew my dad would have my back. I always knew that because, and my mom too. But um, I always knew it because I remember my, we were out shopping, just my brother, my dad, and I, the three boys. And then um, I'm sure we saw a transvestite or, or a cross dresser, or I don't know how even to define it. We were shopping and my brother kind of made a funny not funny it wasn't even funny it was just a stupid thing that like a young teenage boy would say and uh he was just like oh my god look at that fucking thing kind of thing. you know what i mean it was wrong 
and I've never actually seen my dad so fucking pissed. He oh, turned around oh and God. he said to my brother, he's like, Jeff, don't ever say that again. And if you say one more thing, I'm going to make you go up to that person and introduce yourself and apologize for what you said, even if he didn't hear it or she didn't hear it. And then I was just like, whew, okay. I was probably eight or 10 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. But when I was 17 and coming out to my parents or 16 and coming out to my parents, that moment was still very, very present. Oh my and God. so I knew dad would have my back, right? He was just an open guy. My dad being I love military, that so much. Yeah. The reinforcement of like, you learned at that yeah. young age that, it, that, that your dad had your back. Yeah, What exactly. an amazing way of showing you that mm-hmm. without like, Without, without it being blatant. Yeah, or, or without being like, hey, if you ever grow up to be gay, I'm going to be cool with it. It was just mm-hmm. through him teaching his son's life skills, you know? And I think that was resonating of, of like, when, when I came out, I had zero, zero, zero fear that my father wouldn't be accepting of it. And I'm more emotionally attached, actually, to my mother, to be honest. Like, I'll share, I'll share the real deep stuff with mom, but my dad is the one who has always had my back no matter what like my mom obviously does too but like when I came out my mom had a little bit of a tear and whatever and it wasn't because she was mourning the fact that her son was gay it was because she was afraid of the general public and she's like Jason you're in school and your life is just opening up and she's like I know the world can be kind of cruel and I hope that people are going to be good with you and blah 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 and to be honest like I, I have this conversation with her now and I was like to be honest, like being gay really opened up a lot of doors mm-hmm. for me, to be honest. Yeah, time and place, like we all kind of got lucky. We're also yeah. all white cis men, but like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I think it's regardless, personally for me, um, and maybe that's that's my white privilege speaking, I think it's just the, like I was I was lucky to have a, a good family who accepted me mm-hmm. and whatever, but it was also the, the energy that you put out there as well, right? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what about Jezebel? What about her? Oh my gosh! How well, did she, how did she come to be? Jez came to be. Um, well, I was like drag queens. I was like shows. I was always a, like a theater kid in high school. I was in every friggin' play that you could think about. I did <laughs> yeah, French like French um, education's really big on improv. So if mm. you grow up in French in Ontario in an elementary school or a high school, you will have done improv. It's just a thing that's really language and cultural based for the French. So I'm, I have a lot of background in improv just because of who, where I grew up in my language, right? Um, so I always liked that. And then, like I said, I always had a bit of a, fascin- a fascination with shoes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like when my mom would dress up to go out, I'd always watch. And I'm sure that any gay boy can kind of appreciate that, right? Yeah. And I had a couple aunties in my family, like my mom's sister, like my mom's cousins. And like just I have a lot of aunties in my family that are just very like a little bit extravagant women like they would go out and sequin and like feathers and shit right so then i don't know i always kind of just really love these women it's so, rightfully so yeah right like, i no, want to be your aunties great they're funny ladies they're just funny powerful ladies who dress nice and i always loved it and That's i always loved so you, you now like, say what and now you are one. Oh yeah, yeah exactly no i'm i'm one of my aunties that so and what happened is that um being like a, a, a theater person not really theater, but an improv person. What um, I come to realize when I moved to Toronto, or even when I was in Sudbury and I'd come down to Toronto to visit, I'd see these drag queens and I'd always love them and I'd always love the shows. And then I'd sat down one night. I remember being in Woody's and I think I remember watching 
Divine, Tainomi, and Safonda up there, and they were having so much fun dancing together. And it's like they weren't even caring necessarily about the public. They were just having such a fun time. And I was like, I haven't had a team or a competitive thing that like I used to feel that when I was a gymnast. I used to feel that when I played volleyball. Mm. And then I was just like, oh man, I wish I I would feel what they feel having so much fun up there. And I haven't been on on stage for theater in a long time. And so that kind of planted a seed. And then Jezebel came about with volleyball, actually, because they always have like an annual banquet for their um, like their AGM or whenever we host a tournament. But it's always just like a bearded guy who just throws on a wig and makes a fool out of himself. And I said, I want to do drag, but I want to do it in this kind of setting Mm -hmm. where it's really inclusive and friendly and nobody judges you and like i wouldn't want to have like my first drag experience at like a real drag thing because then you get destroyed right yeah um so i wanted to be that so anyway i did i asked if i could host the tournament dinner as joan rivers Mm -hmm. because i love her and then i got a drag queen to paint me and then i did like a 20 minute stand-up routine and it killed and I was like I was ready to I had like a plan A B and C where I was like (laughs) here's my 20 minute routine and then I was like and then here's like three minutes that if it bombs then I have something else that I can transition to and then it's like done right and um, it just kept going and the next thing I know I have drag queens messaging me being like we saw clips of you we saw videos of you who are you are you doing drag now da 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 and then um, Divine Darling and Alam Mode believe it or not used to well they used to be roommates and um they were at woody's one night and they said well make sure that uh, give like give yourself a month or two get yourself a set ready and then we'll bring you on and alamo give gave me she asked woody's for the permission but she said i'm gonna give you one of my sets so we have like three sets at woody's Mm. and she said i'm just gonna sit in in the audience and watch you perform and she that's so nice wanted to give me her pay and i wouldn't take it but you know what i mean very selfless so um, I know there's a bit of oh, controversy around her right now, but yeah. she she literally was going to give me her pay and her spotlight just to give me a chance because she knew I wanted to perform. You Can know I- what I mean? And that was so selfless. And she said that she got that idea from Candace Kelly. Not that idea, but that just way of being from Candace Kelly, a late drag performer here in Toronto because she Candace used to do Candace Star Search and was very big in the community for fostering new talent and stuff right. like that and Alamo that was just her way of paying it forward so and Divine too Divine was always like super supportive she's, she's my drag mother and so um, yeah so Jezebel came through volleyball and then after I did that thing at Woody's then they just kept hiring me and I just kept buying shit and got ready and better and <laughs> kept going I think I and- saw you on your one of your first nights or if not your first yeah. And you stopped me on the sidewalk, and you're like, Tom. And I was like, I who don't know you? who you right. are. And you were yeah. like, it's Jason. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> you know what? That still happens with some people. Well, not anymore, but, like, for the first year, like, people would have no idea, right? Because the transformation is quite big. Yeah. Yeah. I have two questions. <laughs> yeah. Sure. One, the name. Jezebel Bardot. How and why? Okay. Um, I knew I wanted in my drag name to have something French. And so we tossed around a few ideas. So I love Edith Piaf, the yeah. iconic French one. But my mom's name is Edith. And then I was like, That's I'm going to name my friggin' drag name after my mother. That's Super Freudian. Weird. There's a lot going yeah, on. It's weird. Eureka's and mom is named Eureka. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> so, um, I was thinking of different people. I love Delita as well, but not many people know her. So I was thinking, you know, I love. Brigitte Bardot, 
Bridget Bardot. She's mm, like the mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe of France, the sex icon from the 60s. And I love that era, too. I thought it was a very timeless, beautiful era. Nice. And you capture so, that era a lot. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. tend to do more vintagey stuff. And um, yeah, so I like, so I wanted definitely Bardot. I was actually thinking Bridget or something like that, but I didn't want to name myself Bridget Bardot. That's kind of weird. Um, and then Jezebel came from Divine. She's the one who came up with it because Jay, Jason, right. Jezebel. And then... Um, she just said I had a very like old world look to me, especially when I have like dark hair. It's almost like New Testament kind of old, you know, or Old Testament a little bit like, uh, I don't know. And Jezebel's a temptress. And I think my drag persona, she's a little bit that, right? So Jezebel's somebody who's known to kind of just get what she wants, but maybe go the, the back route about it and to be, not that I'm a manipulative person, but it's just somebody who... Um, kind of fools the eye a little bit you know Mm -hmm. and I think as a drag performer that's exactly what I do I'm an illusionist in a way and so um, yeah I thought it was good it's not I don't find it has the best sounding name it's not maybe the most marketable name it's not catchy but I I love Jezebel I I don't agree either I like I heard it once and I remembered it yeah I love it and like it seems like there's a lot of mystery to it because it's not like there's not a pun you can easily yeah. figure out. So I'm like, yeah. oh, why? You know what I yeah. mean? It's definitely yeah, yeah. intriguing. Yeah. Um, it's not like Vagina Jones. Exactly. Right. Well, I thought <laughs> of Indiana cunt. Like. You know what? I was very close. I really liked Tara Hyman. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> because with the athletics and stuff like that, it's like you pound yourself on the ground, right? Yeah, but yeah. working with, with kids is just so inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I hate that, not just well, but yeah, perfect. No, I know yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. And it was so more me. And uh, yeah, like I, I thought about Joan because I love Joan Rivers. So Joan Bardot, but I wanted something more. No, Jezebel's perfect and Bardot's perfect. And that's just great for me. So it, it was great. It's a combination of what divine wanted and what I wanted. And it's uh Mother I'm very daughter. happy with it. I yeah. It. I can tell by Elliot's face he has like a rascally question to ask. Just question number two. We don't <laughs> need to do this if you don't want to, but like, can we get a taste of your John Rivers? Like, oh God. It's, t- uh, is it too off the ground? on the spot. Well, I'm not very good with her voice because her voice is so iconic and raspy. Like, I'd probably have to smoke friggin' seven packs of cigarettes to do it. And it's I like a look thing. Yeah. Okay. No, it's more of a look thing, but. The thing about Joan Rivers is it's her it's her timing, it's her pace, mm. and it's how quick she is with the jokes. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it and also she, like I have to be careful nowadays because you really have to know your audience to do Joan, and so right. um, yeah, to be honest, to do Joan, I really have to transform everything to do her. You'll have to, to really come see Jezebel in person her. to see Joan. I there did her go. for the Oscars. I always Amazing. do her for like the Oscars or the Golden Globes or whatever. Like she's just so so good. So, so like, I have something to look forward to. That's perfect. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, I hate to cut this short, but um, I do want to get into the like your schedule. Yeah. So that our our listeners can come and see you. Right. Oh, and yeah, I know yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. quite extensive at the moment. So yeah. can you run through that for us? Um. I don't have tons of stuff that's regular, so it's you have to check me out on social media. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I usually promote there. Sometimes on Twitter. I'm not a big. Tw- I'm not a big tweeter. I'm not. We're learning to tweet. My, my, my twat's not that great. Same. So no, it, it, well, it, it's we need great, it. We all need you know to have your I mean. set twats. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Instagram, Jezebel Bardot, or uh, even Facebook. Um, but the I used to have a weekly French Kiss before Bliss shut down. 
Um, mm-hmm. We're maybe going to revise that but or try to revive that somewhere else. But right now, I'm every Thursday at Stryker. So whenever it's RuPaul's Drag Race, Stryker's been really good for to me. It's the uh, local um, gay sports bar here in Toronto. They're not quite in the village. They're just off um, on Young Street or on St. Joseph, but off of Young. And so I'm there every Thursday from 8 to 10. Um, for RuPaul's Drag Race, whenever that's on. So we just finished All-Stars, and now it's season 10. And then um, my schedule, I mean, um, April, I'm at Woody's every Sunday, either the 9 to 11 or the 11 to 2. And then um, Rico's, now that I'm a Rico's queen, the the queen of Rico's, (laughs) I'll be there uh, at least twice a month, usually three, and with special events. And then I have a few at Cruise. I have a few at Garage coming up. So I guess you just have to go and... And check it. This is a part time thing for she's me. She's a but busy lady. Yeah, oh my god! You know, she's, it's a seven day a week thing. But you know what? When you do what part-time. you love, <laughs> part time every night. <laughs> well, no, but well, like with my regular work, right? Yeah. But then I get home and I finish work on Friday and I paint a face and go go go. But you know, when when you love what you do, it's not work. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the, yeah the schedule is thank crazy. you for fitting us in yeah, yeah for real <laughs> like literally you though. know i finished work and then i went and i had uh what did i do i had uh my gosh what did i have i had to pick up a pair of shoes oh i got my nails redid They're i went for botox and here i am <laughs> that's Can the life of a drag queen <laughs> that's talk. really my day i was up at six i went to work finished at four and then uh oh yeah God. picked up a pair of heels went got my nails redid and then Botox, and here I am with mosquito bites on my forehead. I got a great face for radio. <laughs> I feel like I see your forehead like like taking the Botox out. Like it already I know, looks I kind like of feel like that it too. already like looks like more smooth than yeah. when you came in. How many beers are you guys in? Okay, I'm not drinking absinthe. Right now. Oh, okay, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but no. for real, can we like talk Botox? Like, what's the experience like? So, well, believe it or not, my straight cousin who's 10 years older than i so he's 40 um last uh la when was it last summer i saw him when i went on holidays for the summer and um he looks significantly younger and then i was like joe you look great what goes on and he's one of those like he, he's in montreal but he would be like the equivalent of your bay street finance boy here in right. toronto right and so but he's um he's blonde and the men in my family tend to age and wrinkle quite early if you look at my uncles, they look like an old coach bag, you know? <laughs> the so, California raisins. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like, woof, woof, woof. Anyway, so. Um, Jesse, shut up. It's just part of. <laughs> Jesse. Right? You're so, walk quieter. <laughs> Tread lightly, Jesse. In more ways lightly. than one. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. You're good. You're good. Um, and then, um, so he, he told me, but then he said, um, well, He's like, well, I just thought I looked much older than I am. And he said he did filler as well. So that's why we noticed it. Because there's a difference between Botox and Juvederm or filler, right? And then um, he said, Jay, he's like, you're you're turning 30 this year. He's like, I would just do a little bit of Botox just to as a prevent, you know, preventative thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fucking stupid. I'm not <laughs> like, no, I'm not doing it. And then I was talking to a few other drag queens who had done it. And I was getting annoyed at some of the lines that I would get in my makeup because I'd see the photos from my shows and then I'd see that there was a big line in my forehead, my makeup. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'll do a little bit. And then I met um, a guy, David Salazzo, who's here in Toronto. He's always at Woody's. He's a great guy. And uh, he's actually a doctor, but he does um, Botox and cosmetic stuff on the side as well in his own practice. And... um, 
he he's a friend I didn't even know he did that I knew him for a while and then um I was talking about it and then he's like oh I do this stuff and then I looked him up and then um yeah so I did it I did a really small amount and I really liked the the outlook and the 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 results and so now I do it every like nine ten months nice I did it today so I'll be good until for a while get it yeah fucking get it yeah and I think it's just about feeling good in your in your skin like I love Joan Rivers but I'm not gonna go that deep you know what I mean like (laughs) yeah you say that at 30 let's talk when you're 60 watch me yeah no let's talk at 40 we'll see (laughs) I'll be like the cat lady right (laughs) with the eyes yeah (laughs) get cheekbone implants right oh gosh no I don't think I will ever want to do filler the only other cosmetic thing I want to do and Richard's really opposed to it is uh my teeth I want to get my teeth fixed completely I don't qualify for like Invisalign but you know when you do drag you want a nice smile but my have high canines like a little bit of vampire teeth but <laughs> i've been sensitive about that but he he's like i love your fucked up teeth it's so iconic and i was like richard fucked up teeth <laughs> are iconic though that is yeah. a thing yeah so he's like yours is like the equivalent of like the gap tooth that like everybody wanted yeah for a fashion while. like Mick jagger's daughter right or like madonna i know i don't know this girl but i know of this girl like a person through a person who got all of her teeth removed so she could drink pepsi without having to worry about her teeth rotting oh that that's good yeah. listen like that's yeah. basically the pinnacle of living but i think I don't give it some get, time like, and that's gonna trend just get like veneers like the whole fake stuff like just fake girls I, I don't like that like hillary it looks, got it looks it fake and... yeah oh okay yeah i want to keep my teeth i just want to get braces but then i have to look like an idiot for a while oh you want right. braces i shouldn't say that for those who have you don't look like idiots if you have braces. If okay. the braces thing is what offends <laughs> this is people, this space shocked. for people with braces. Oh, okay, good. We apologize. No. Actually, <laughs> we so don't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that would be the extent of like cosmetic or whatever surgery. Would you Not ever get surgery, something done, Elliot? I've always wanted a chin reduction. A chin like, reduction. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like if I was gonna get one thing, I would like shave. The way that both of you are looking at me right now is pretty amazing. Well, now we're analyzing your chin. Yeah, I feel like I would like, when I look down, Yeah. I get like double chins. And I just saw this thing on Facebook. They just made a product that I should probably buy. And it's like a, it's a ball on a necklace that you chew all day to get rid of your double chins. I, number one, I hate that. I hate that I don't know the product to plug it. Also, also hate you. That's rude of me. Uh, You'll have to wait till season two to figure out what the fuck I'm talking about. I want to get my eyeballs whitened. Okay, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Stop doing so much drugs or alcohol. (laughs) I'm kidding. Jesse, cut that. I don't. (laughs) Kidding. And I want a head reduction surgery too. Like up or down? (laughs) You have a big mushroom stamp. Is that what it is? You're tired of having that reputation? You got to have a glandular reduction. I can't breathe. (laughs) You look really good with a third ear, I think, Tom. It it, it shows in a Speedo. It's not a cute look. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I think I was, like, behind that whole joke curve, to be quite honest with you guys. I Mm. missed something in the laughter. That's okay. It's finale. It's finale. That's we're living in Speaking of finale, it's Mm -hmm. time to finalize. Oh, I want silver linings from everybody. Oh, gosh. Elliot? Okay. Um... Oh, I just threw my phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's my silver lining. So. We can cut all this. Pause no, I got and... it. I got it. Oh, okay. I got my silver lining. Haley texted me, like Haley from last week's episode. 
texted me and said that she was in an exam and the class that I'd given a guest lecture for, one of the questions on the exam was, what does Elliot think of the word queer? And I feel like... Fuck off. Seriously. Which, like, what the fuck are you supposed to say about what that? What do you write about that? I feel like you didn't even say that. Uh, well, I like, I think maybe what the essence of the question was supposed to be was that it's an umbrella term. There's many ways to come at it. It's, like, inclusive. Okay. It, I, I just, I yeah, silver lining, because that's pretty great and kind of hilarious. And I feel like I've made it. Hmm. Mama, I've made it. Hmm. Yeah. Do you need like a better one? Was that adequate? That was that was amazing. Thank you. It was way better than I could. Sorry, my face is about like me frantically trying to think of one. I think another silver lining might be watching Mark Hamill drink that like titty milk that I was talking about. Oh, so. gosh. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, it's another it. one. It's another one. Um, Jezebel, do you have one? Do you want me to go? Um, I have one, but go ahead. Oh. Um... He's still thinking about his penis um, head reduction. <laughs> My giant head reduction. Um, I was at Woody's last night, and it, I, it kind of threw me for a loop because I, like, ran into a really, like, an old ex from my past that, like, always throws me <coughs> off when I see him. Mm. And it was nice to uh, not be petty. Right. For once in my life. That's so nice. I feel like I'm doing a lot of learning and growing from this podcast, and some of it has to do with, like, personally and like how i sort of treat people in the world mm. and i like from getting to talk to all like all these people hear all these stories i hope i become more empathetic without me like seeming like i'm saying that you weren't so before i've noticed a growth and a change and i'm proud of you <gasps> and i can oh my god He's how are you gonna take stuck that up head? as he used to be oh. right <laughs> well, i wouldn't go that far oh, okay. Okay. i'm still fucking stuck up <laughs> and just empathetic about it no <laughs> Anyway, it was just nice to like enjoy my night, my night mm-hmm. without being petty and with enjoying each other's company and how long ago their was new this boyfriend. relationship? Oh, it was forever ago. Yeah, but we like, hang on to this. Stuff, it was like a right? decade ago. Yeah, yeah. I definitely hang on to it, and every time it sort of throws me for a loop. So it was nice that I mean, it still threw me for a loop, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might want to cut all this just because he's listening, but that's it. You didn't have to leave the space, right? I didn't have to leave the space. I didn't have to like resort to insults as I usually do. I'm like, hey, nice to see you, idiot. What are you doing now? Probably nothing because you're garbage. Right. But instead I was like, hi, how are you? And then you started singing Adele, I'll find someone like you. (laughs) (laughs) And then you cried in a corner. And then you're like, I'm fine. That's him being mature. (laughs) That's nine months ago, Tom. Okay, all right. (laughs) 2018 Tom is friendly. Tom carries around his own mini piano to plug in in case needs to do a quick Adele when he bumps oh, yeah. into No, I still have attention. There's nothing. Yeah. Nothing's yeah. changed there. Huh. Silver lining. I have to say, I know it's going to sound super cheesy and corny and everything. Um, it's coming home to Richard, my boyfriend. <gasps> I know it's, it, it doesn't matter. Like I was just in Ottawa for a volleyball tournament and I feel so bad because Richard and I are both very independent people, but he's always there for me no matter what. And whenever I come home, like it's just as though we've never like not see, like we live together but sometimes like I go a weekend without seeing him sometimes with work I have to travel sometimes so I can go even sometimes a week and it's like there's zero worry in my life he's always there and I love finishing drag and just showing up at home sorry a submarine just went through the apartment right <laughs> Jesse <laughs> what was that who's playing battleship fucking Jesse continue sorry <laughs> and so um no that that silver lining and I don't I don't know how much time I have but I just want to say real quick like when you do drag it can be very very it, it throws you for a loop it throws you for a bit of a mind fuck and like 
I work Monday to Friday, my regular job. Friday, I, I usually have a quick break. And then friends don't like will text and then people just show up at my house right and then i'm i'm painting getting ready for a show sometimes it's me sometimes it's you sometimes it's alex sometimes the volleyball boys sometimes it's just some random person that i met who's like i want to see you do makeup and then i'll have them <laughs> over for a glass of, who cares i have fun yeah and then what happens is that like the energy builds and the energy builds throughout the night and then the alcohol consumption builds too i'm gonna come back to richard there's he's still tied into this okay and then what happens is that so like now it's seven to ten and you're surrounded by people you are social all day with work now you're building and building building you're also drinking a little bit then after i leave i'll go to a place like woody's or rico's picture 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 love attention whatever do the show loud music in your ears all night you're still drinking then two o'clock comes around and then by the time that you're done your show it takes me about 20 minutes, not even to, by the time that I leave the stage and then I'm in my house and then it is dead quiet. So it hits hard quick. And so my silver lining is that knowing that Richard's snoring and like drooling the Aww. night away in bed, but he's just waiting for me because I walk in and he leaves the bathroom. The first room in the house is a bathroom door. And he, so he always leaves it, the light on with the door half open so that I don't kill myself when I walk in the house. Oh my and God, then I just take my makeup off. And then sometimes he's like put leftovers in the fridge. Like he's packed up like a That's something that so I can just cute. throw into the oven. So I get home and he's has like leftovers and then I just toss it in the oven. And then by the time I take my makeup off, it's ready. I have a quick bite and then I'm in bed with him. You know what I mean? So he's my silver lining for weekends for like I haven't seen him since six o'clock this morning when we woke up. And then I'm going to go home and it'll probably be the same thing. You know what I mean? So he'll mm-hmm. be sitting on the couch waiting and Yeah. So he's my silver lining. I know it's super cheesy. I'm oh, sorry. My heart's melting. Richard, no, keep being he, amazing. Richard, so no, love he really is. He's and I do so love patient. Richard. He's, he's so patient. Uh, so patient. I'm going to so, die alone. Okay, I knew that was coming. Oh my fucking God. You're so selfish. You can get that with a dog too. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. What about an alcohol problem? Right? <laughs> you can also get that with a dog. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. that's lovely. I'm sorry to that make all so the jealous lovely. gays jealous, but you know what? I'm sorry. Do it. Keep doing it. I'm just going to. If I'm you got just, it, flaunt I'm going to. Straight yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So we need to. Oh Tell everyone to. This is so weird. We're not gonna. We're like wrapping up. Wrapping. Talk up. to everyone next week. Yeah. Um, during our hiatus, keep messaging, keep emailing. Yeah. If you want to be on the next season, You're drop coming. us a line. Come let us on. know. Yeah. We're gonna be taking this time to to give you the most and to bring you the best. Yeah. And we're gone, but not forgotten. But I uh, know for real, we'll be active uh, and yeah. we'll be like answering emails, everything. Stay tuned. Stay queer. Yeah. Stay fucking. Check mad. us out, please. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, Patreon, Patreon. Uh, Gmail, Gmail. Tr- I mean, that's part of what I just. We're gonna yeah. actually figure out how to be everywhere. Yes. But um. Oh yeah. Also, if anyone's like really good at Twitter, maybe just send us an email. <laughs> also, what are we doing? You guys are all the best. If you've made it yeah. this long. If you're on fucking episode 25, then we love you. And and if you're on episode five, you but you need time to catch up, we're doing this for you. Take a little break, you know? But they're not going to know that if they're on episode five, are they? When they get to this, they'll <laughs> shed a tear. They'll say thank you for giving me this time. You're retroactive. Yeah. Like, okay, great. Pat on the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congrats, guys. Frig, 25. Thanks, thanks. Big. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming yeah. and being our finale. Great this talks. Great conversation. So great yeah. questions. 
It's fun. Can't yeah. wait to see you perform. Yeah. And, yeah. and you'll have again. to come back, please. Next yes. Season. Oh, I will. I will. And we'll talk keep less filling about filling us in like Botox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. You, every every couple months. It's nine months, but I hope I'll be back before then. Yes. But nine months. That's a long time. That is a long time. Yeah. Also, all of our listeners, go watch Jezebel. Yeah. You have no excuse. Well, I'll be there. I usually am. Me too. Come say hi and we'll watch Jesse together. Such a big supporter and a friend. You mean big alcoholic? Just kidding. Excuse me. We're not ending the season like this. Say something (laughs) nice about me. I don't know. Um, You have a really big head. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) You know what? The nicest thing you've ever done is introduce me to Marlon Bundo. And like for that, I just thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, on that note, we love you all. Stay queer. See you in a lot of Tuesdays. See you in a lot of Tuesdays. We love you all. Thank you for everything and your support. Bye. Bye. Bye.